tonight I'll be doing a, a STS story or simply the story story that sounds silly when you say it that way if you're not familiar with it it is a oral inductive Bible study method um, somebody once explained it to me as you get an opportunity to learn just as the disciples did as they had to follow Jesus everywhere they went Jesus didn't really although he I'm sure knew it all didn't have the opportunity to say okay go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 9 so uh, they just had to live through it with Jesus. So we'll be taking that time. If you want, you can be a good Berean after the service. If you don't know what that is, you can look up Luke 7, or Acts 17. That's where the Berean church is. And you can read up um, all of what we're going to talk about tonight after the service. And towards the end, I'll tell you where we're at for tonight's study. So um, why don't I do this? Let me pray one more time before we get into the word. And then I have a little bit of background information for our story. So would you pray with me? Father... We thank you for tonight and the opportunity that we get to be here and learn from your word. Uh, I just pray that tonight will be a time of growing, a time of learning. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would just reveal uh, some of your treasures to us in this passage tonight. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Okay, so a couple things you might want to learn about before we get into tonight's passage. There's a special term that comes up in our story, and that term is... Uh, uh, someone who is an apostle, and that simply means one who is sent, uh, or one who is sent out. So we're going to be talking about uh, Jesus' 12 disciples and how they uh, basically get this title from Jesus. They'll be the apostles. Um, there's a few other times in Scripture in which they're used for other people in Scripture. Um, Paul himself even tell, uh, describes himself as the least of the apostles and not even worthy to hold the title because of his persecution against the church. So when we talk about the apostles tonight, we'll be talking about the 12 that worked alongside with Jesus. Um, as they were sent out, they were given the authority over demons to cast them out and to heal others. And during their ministry, they were told not to take anything with them. No staff, no money, uh, no bag. Don't, if you have two tunics, don't take them with you. And to translate that in today's terms, don't bring any extra clothes. You won't need them. Um, if, someone is, if a village receives you, Go on in. If they won't have you, shake the dust off your feet and go out uh, from that place. And it seems like there was a lot of traction behind that ministry and behind what Jesus was doing as well. We see that Herod also hears about these things, and he's a bit confused because people are saying, oh, it's, it's John the Baptist raised from the dead. And he's like, John the Baptist, I beheaded. And so Herod is a bit perplexed by these things. And from there is where our story actually begins and takes place. So with that, this is where our story begins. It says, on their return, the apostles told Jesus of everything they did. And Jesus took them and withdrew apart to a place called Bethsaida. And when the crowd learned it, they followed Jesus and Jesus welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had a need of healing. And as the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to Jesus, send the crowd away to go into the nearby villages and the countryside to seek lodging and find provisions because we are here in a desolate place. And Jesus said to them, you, give them something to eat. 
And the disciples said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go out and buy food for all of these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And Jesus said to his disciples, have the people sit down in groups of about 50 each. And the, disciple, and the disciples did so and had all the people sit down. Then Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then Jesus broke the bread, gave it to the disciples, and the disciples set the food before the people. And everyone ate and was satisfied. And all that was left over was picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces. And that is the story that we're going to discuss tonight. So, um, what I like to try and do first, um, would somebody be willing to try and tell back the story that we just heard? And if you're unsure or unfamiliar with the start, I'll help you get started with the beginning of it. And I'll let you run away with the rest of it. Would someone like to give it a try? Brilliant. This is my favorite part. You want to try it, Ben? Okay. Do you want me to start you from the beginning? It says, Now on their return, the apostles told Jesus of everything they had done. I'll give you a hint. That's the end. That's the end. So you did it. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. So yeah, I love that you remembered that uh, when I was learning the story, I had the hardest time remembering why they were to be sent. The crowd was sent away. I could never remember to seek lodging and find provisions. So my brain is not as generous or caring for people, I guess. But so I love that you remembered that and that that Jesus lo he looked up to heaven to say a blessing over the food. So you remembered some key details of our story. So I want to take one more time to just tell the story through, but we're going to tell it as a group. 
um, because it's, uh, for me, I think it's a fun activity for us to do and it gets a chance for everybody to get involved and partake in the story. So, if you will with me, it, it, our story begins, it said, on their return, the disciples, or excuse me, the apostles told Jesus of everything they had done and Jesus, um, what did he do after that? Um, does anyone remember? Yeah, it says that he withdrew and apart and took them to uh, Bethsaida or Bethsidia. And it says that somebody learned, uh, oh, I guess it said that, um, oh man, I think, said, not somebody, but um, learned about what they did. Um, this, yes, yeah, sorry, the crowds. It said the crowd learned, about, uh, learned it and they followed Jesus. And then it said that um, Jesus welcomed them. And Jesus did something else after he welcomed them. He spoke to them about, um, that comes up, that does come up, yeah. So it says that he, he did, he cured those who had a need of healing, but he also spoke of the kingdom of God to them and, and cured those who had a need of healing. Then it says, as the day began to wear away, um, uh, there's a group that approached Jesus. Um, yes, the apostles approached Jesus. And what do they tell Jesus to do? Yeah, send the, send the crowd away to the nearby villages and countryside to, um, what was it that they wanted to get done? Yeah, there we go. So find lodging, seek provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. And Jesus replied to them. He said, you give them something to eat. And the disciples said, okay, we're going to start cooking right now. We have fish on the menu, and we're, we have enough for everybody. Oh, did I mess that up? Is that not what happened? Oh, that's right. They said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go out and buy food for all these people. Then Jesus said, have the people sit down in groups of about 50 each. And the disciples did so and had all the people sit down. And does anyone remember what Jesus did next um, with the, the loaves and the fish? Yes, it says he looked up to heaven, said a blessing over them. Then he broke the bread, gave it to the disciples, and the disciples set it before the people. And then when the people ate, um, it said something about something special about all the people after they ate. It said that they were they were satisfied. And all what was, and what was left over was picked up. And um, it said that there was a, like a, there's a quantity of how much was left over. I think I already heard, yep, 12 baskets full. So that's going to be our story for tonight. Now, I wonder what it might have been like for the, the people in this crowd to, one, see Jesus perform these uh, you know, have the healings over the people, but then also to see this great miracle performed of the, the food being multiplied. What do you think that might have been like for this crowd? Amazing? Why do you think amazing? Sure. Yeah, that would definitely be a, a first-time experience. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be happy for a free dinner. Absolutely. Yeah, they definitely left full and satisfied. So I'm, I'm sure nobody walked away upset. They're like, mm, it wasn't so good. 
Sure. Maybe, uh, yeah. Okay. So a couple of people are like, am, "Am I seeing this right? Is, is this really what's happening?" We, they had that this little of food, and we're all eating it. So yeah, that kind of I'm sure that would have messed up somebody's brain. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So just that worry of like, man, there's no way this is gonna get all the way back to group this group back here. We're we're just gonna be here for to hear this guy speak. Um, so yeah. They, so yeah, they could have definitely been feeling all of these things. Um, but what what I'll do now is we'll go and break this up into two halves, and we'll discuss just the first portion, and then we'll go move into the second, uh, depending on how much time we have. So uh, again, our story said, on their return. The apostles told Jesus of all that they had done, and Jesus took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. And when the crowd learned it, they followed Jesus, and Jesus welcomed them and spoke the word of God to them and cured those who had a need of healing. And as the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to Jesus, Send the crowd away to go into the nearby villages and countryside to find lodging, uh, to seek lodging and find provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. And Jesus said, You give them something to eat. And we'll stop there. I think that's plenty of story to discuss. Now, uh, I, I love uh, some of the examples that we, that I, saw in this story as I was learning the story and preparing it, I wanted to ask you guys this question first. Is there maybe something that we can learn, or maybe see as an example, from the disciples that when they returned from their ministry, they told Jesus about everything that happened? Can we maybe learn something about them that they did this? Say it one more time for me. They were excited to update the boss. Sure, yeah, excited to update the boss. Yeah, definitely give him an update. Yeah, like we did this. Nobody messed up in any major ways, right? Extremely passionate. Extremely passionate. Okay, say that again. Love for Christ is through the roof. Okay, yeah, love for Christ is through the roof. Um, give me, try and expound on that a little bit more. Why do you think they would have been through the roof on all of this? Sure. So just seeing that the love that they experienced through Christ, they'd want to go and share that through others. And they definitely got to do that through, um, again, if you remember the background, they, were, they got the authority to cast out demons and heal those, who, um, heal those with sicknesses. And 
proclaim the gospel to people. So that definitely would have been exciting um, ministry to partake in and be a part of. Ben. Yeah, so what can we learn about the apostles or, or the disciples that they were, um, that they gave a report back to Jesus after their ministry? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so sometimes it just can be encouraging as you get back from those trips just to go through the trip again and see all those blessings that you experienced through the trip. So yeah, that could be it just even be a time of encouragement for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah. Yeah, so I, I actually love that you shared that. What, uh, when we took the youth group to the Grand Canyon just earlier um, in July, when I got back, Dave was like, how was your trip? And the first thing I told him, I was like, Dave, you wouldn't believe it. Every time we went out for uh, dinner somewhere or got fast food, we somehow kept getting extra food. And he's like, okay. Uh, and I was like, no, no, wait, you don't understand. I was like, we went to you know these many places a couple times, and we went to, uh, we go to a restaurant, and every time they just missed counted our order and would make extra burgers or extra fries and so they would just say hey we counted too much so just take it free of charge and you know you just enjoy the food and we're like great because there's always one kid that didn't get enough food off of uh, one combo or whatever it was so it's like yes um, so it was cool just to see the lord and count the numbers up for us and uh, provide some food for us along the way so yeah but they definitely would have been um, ministered on to just even as they're going through their trip ministering to others um, now, can we maybe discuss this as well? Do you guys think this would have had any impact on Jesus to receive this good report from his disciples? Yeah, okay. So that, now we can see they're following instruction and that uh, their labors were fruitful. Sure, yeah, definitely confirmation on, on his group. Through God, all things are possible. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, so all things are possible through God. And, yeah, so they definitely were able to accomplish things through him. It wasn't like by their own merits or anything, they got these things done. Now, uh, to continue going on through the story, again, Jesus had taken his disciples and they withdrew up to uh, Bethsaida. But it says when the crowds learned it, they followed, uh, they followed Jesus and Jesus welcomed them and spoke of the kingdom of God to them. And I thought this was really interesting. And I'm wondering, can we maybe learn something about the heart of Christ that as this crowd now comes into the time that they maybe wanted to set apart for themselves it says that jesus welcomed them 
and spoke of the kingdom of God to them. Does that maybe tell us something about the heart of, of Jesus? That he welcomed the, that crowd in and then spoke to them? Yes, yeah, definitely very compassionate um, to all those who came. Anything else we can learn about Jesus here? Very hospitable. Very hospitable, okay. Just because he was willing to, to, to welcome them. Well, yeah, he's probably exhausted, yet he welcomes them. So, I don't know, after I'm really tired, I don't really want to talk to people. So the fact that Jesus <laughs> is like, like welcomes them and, you know, like is sharing good news through them, like, that's a very hospitable yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, it's easy to forget that Jesus is a man too, and so he's a man that still gets exhausted and needs to retreat and have silence. Yeah. He be always giving, but also at rest sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, so that, yeah Jesus also would have needed rest, but here he is as people are showing up, and he's like, come on in. You made it just in time for this thing that I planned, because he, you know, he knew all things. Um, so yeah, and it, it also says that he, he cured those who had a need of healing. And I thought this was interesting as well, because let me ask you this. Could there have been a, anyone else who could have ministered onto this crowd other than Jesus? The apostles. Yeah, the apostles. They just got back from ministry. Uh, they also had the authority to even do just as Jesus did here, to cure those who had a need of healing. And we see that Jesus steps in and does that. Um, so can we learn more about the character of Jesus that he steps in and, I guess, to, you know, ministers onto, the, onto this crowd rather than continuing the, you know, continuing for the disciples to have a chance to minister? Yeah, okay. So you could have told them, like... Sure. Okay, so yeah, now he's taking the burden off of the, the disciples and allowing himself to do that. Maybe so they, they don't have to carry that burden. The disciples, they, they told him, let's send the multitudes away, you know, to buy lodging and provisions, and people are actually going to play this there, so Jesus, you know, let's, let's take care of them. Yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah, they definitely want to miss on the opportunity to, to minister on to these people. Are you waving at me, Jonathan, or do you have something you want to say? No, I was just thinking of the situation. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that would have been off if all the disciples were like, bye-bye, man. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he definitely stepped in, probably knowing that they would have been tired and would have sent this crowd away. Yeah, I would say he was like a leader that would have asked his people to not do what he would, you know, like put on, put a burden on them for. He would have asked you to do something that you wouldn't do himself, you know, being able to lead from the trenches almost, in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we've got a leader who's leading from the front, 
not from a battle desk behind, you know, behind friendly lines and saying, yeah, just go out and try to do that. Jesus is putting himself up in front with his, with his disciples. So that's a great example and leader for us. Um, but to go back, I think, to what um, you were saying and what you two were saying is Jesus is really taking the opportunity while ministering onto this, this crowd to also minister onto his disciples. Would you guys agree with that? I think that's kind of interesting. Um, gives them a break and then also gets the love on these people at the same time. Uh, as we continue through the story, um, again, it says that the... Yeah, actually, let's, let's jump down to this. Um, so again, Jesus says this to the disciples. The disciples were saying, hey, let's send the crowd away into the, the villages nearby and the countryside to get lodging and seek provisions. But Jesus said to them, he said, you give them something to eat. And I'm curious, how might that have impacted the disciples in that moment? What might have been going through maybe their mind as they're hearing this from Jesus? Yeah, probably worried about food. Yeah, like, we, how, do you, how do you plan to get this done? We've got five loaves and two fish. Anything else that, or any other impacts that might have on them? Uh, they probably would have rather them agree than them send them away so they didn't have to do that. Sure. They're you know, probably tired of going out and you know, uh, go to villages or do anything like that. You know, they were trying to you know, get away and now they have to work again. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they would have been like, oh, well, Lord, just, just be agreeable with us. Let's just get everybody food. Find them a place to stay for the night. We'll all meet in the morning. Um, but Jesus gives them this, this challenge instead. Well, why don't we go into the next part of our story. And again, it says this. It said, the disciples said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we are to go out and buy food for all of these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Jesus said to them, have the people sit down in groups of about 50 each. Yeah, yeah, in groups of about 50 each. And the disciples did so and had all the people sit down. Then Jesus took the loaves and the two fish, looked up to heaven, and said a blessing over them, then broke the bread and distributed it, to, or, and gave it to the disciples, and, for, and they set it before the people. They set the food before the people. And all the people ate and were satisfied. And all that remained was picked up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. So that being our second part of the story, um, let's discuss this. Can we... Um, I'm, I'm curious uh, about this idea. Uh, as we look at, I guess, Jesus' posture as he goes to, to pray over this food, it says he looks up to heaven and said a blessing over the food. Can we learn something about Jesus' actions here and um, as it may be an example for us? Sure, we pray before you eat. In my house, we'd always say, let's say, hey, let's say grace before we eat, and now we have grace in the house. 
So that kind of got confusing. So now we ask for, we say a blessing over the food and the girls have some cute little prayer, prayer songs that they do over the food. Um, so yeah, we should pray before our food. But what else does this might maybe teach us uh, as an example to us? Or maybe just something that we can learn about Jesus and, and that he also did this practice. Yeah, okay. So he prays he prays to the Father. Well, he helps you pray. Right? Like if you're missing something, like if you need a miracle, you should pray to God. Okay, yeah, so we should seek out God in things. We need a miracle, seek out the Lord in it. Uh Phil, were you gonna say something? No, I was just saying God's resources are unlimited. Yeah. Sure. If there's anyone that's got the best solution, go to the one who created all things. Go to the Father. Yeah, so we definitely get that great example from Christ in, in his prayer over the food. On that same thing, I think this book tells me, so, you know, in that moment, Jesus could have produced the difference that was necessary. But I think, like they said, you know, for the multitude as well as for the apostles, uh, to have that pause of reverence, not just to go through the motions, I think was, a, uh, you know, a, an important reminder, uh, especially the apostles had so much authority to not just make it like, well, this is just what we do. You know, to not just, you know, like rub it up, dub, thank you for the grub kind of a thing. You know, um, just like we said, you know, before, like leading by example. I think it was really important for him to pause and to give thanks to God, not just like, I'm going to make this happen, which he could have. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. So yeah, Jesus, again, is taking that idea of just being this perfect example for us and just living that through. Uh, every capacity that he can for us. And uh, so I think, we, yeah, so one other thing I'd like to the, discuss here, it said that, uh, at the, it says towards the end of our story, it says that everybody ate and was satisfied, and all that was left over was picked up, 12, bro or 12 baskets of broken pieces. And I'm wondering, do you all think that might have had any impact on the disciples and, and this crowd to see that after everybody was ate and was full, they were satisfied, 12 baskets of leftovers were picked up from this crowd of, it's, well, it says of, of about 5,000 men, but who knows how many women or children were there. So do you guys think that would have had any impact on, on those who were present today to see that 12 baskets of leftovers were picked up? I got some nods. Yeah, so they're definitely gonna, yeah, they're definitely gonna see like, wow, we definitely multiplied this. Um, and they definitely got to experience that, I'm sure, as they went around and picking it all up. Absolutely, so, yeah. Sure. So I think I want to go into a little bit further into that because I like that idea that even after the apostles went out and did this ministry, healed those who had, were had a need, you know, a need for healing, also casted out demons from others. Uh, what Phil was just saying that 
um, that God or Jesus still increased their faith by having them see this this miracle. And I'm thinking, um, you know, if, if they were just getting back from doing all this ministry, they probably would have been encouraged and built up. And the, man, if we can do this, God is awesome. Yet Jesus still came in and encouraged them by seeing this and being a blessing on to the disciples. So my question for you all would be, do you guys think that God would still want to see that in us today, um, just to have a regular encouragement or um, building up in our life as we walk with Christ? Yes. Okay. I got one yes. It says so in the Bible. Good. I'm glad you're reading your Bible. So... Um, can any of you think of an example of what that might look like to just see God continually encourage us throughout our, our life? Okay, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, God's going to provide us with the right things that we need if he's brought us um, on a path in our life. Absolutely. What else might it look like to see God continually encourage you in your walk? Okay, yeah. So just go reflect back on things he's done before. That always encourages me if I can take time to reflect on the good things he's done in my ministry and, and those things, absolutely. Um, have any of you maybe experienced this personally, or maybe someone you've known had an experience with this where as somebody was walking with the Lord, they just kept seeing uh, continual encouragement from him? And if so, would you be willing to share? I got one hand up. Can't remember, but you know it's happened. Yes. There you go. Amen to that. My memory doesn't serve me well all the time either. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To pr answer to prayer is definitely something, especially if you're continually praying for something and at the end, uh, you basically are able to come to an end by seeing that that prayer is answered. That's definitely an encouragement of continual, or yeah, continual encouragement from him. Yes. I know like um, the Lord has blessed most of me in my life, like with my business. You know, I try to run my business in a very Christ-like manner. And um, I try not to stress Yeah. So, like, there's times where we're like short on payroll, like we're coming up on it, and all of a sudden the 
for a small business like ours to be as successful as it, as it has been is a real blessing. And I'm not boasting, it's just I see all the time the Lord's provision in our in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Every time a plane comes through, that's a, a praise that you get to bring before the Lord. So that's really encouraging. Thank you, Ben. Uh, anyone else get a chance to experience this in continual encouragement? Yeah. Who I couldn't touch eyes with, like the Lord was like, nope, you know, and so replacing them with people who are uh, better for me in my walk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just God giving us those people that need to be that we really need in our life, and building up people around us. Absolutely. Well, then one last question for you all before uh, we kind of bring things to his close: Is there any other um, way that this story can maybe help us? in the future as we continue to walk with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, seek him out. Ask. ask. Never hurts to ask. Righteousness is given through faith and believers to all who believe. Okay. Yep. So righteousness to all who believe in him. Absolutely. simple request from the Lord can bring everything within reach of us. So yes. Okay, well hopefully you all liked this story. If you want to go about um, taking some time on your own to read through it and learn more from it, I'd highly encourage you to do so. Uh, if The scriptures that we are in tonight is Luke chapter 9 and we uh, discuss verses 10 through 17 tonight. So uh, with that let me just pray um, and then We'll have a closing yeah, song of worship. All right, let's pray, Jason. All right, Lord, we thank you for this time. Father, thank, thank, just thank you so much that we can get to come together. Lord, have the opportunity to discuss your word and learn more about who you are and your son, Jesus Christ. Uh, I pray tonight uh, we'll just be uh, an encouragement to all who came. Uh, I pray that you just fill us up, Lord, for the coming week. And, Lord, I pray that as uh, we go through this week that our lives would just bring glory to you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, thank you all for coming tonight. Um, if you need any prayer, please come up. I'll be happy to pray for you. And uh, if you're in need this week, seek him out in prayer. All you can do is ask. So, yes, come talk to me if you need prayer. I'll pray for you tonight. So have a blessed week, everybody, and thank you for coming tonight.